How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online. We have one line open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. We wanted to let you know about a great new product that's coming out. You know, you guys have your thumbprint on your Apple phone. You've got your face uh, print on your Apple iPhone. Face ID. Well, now they've got something else you can try. Take a listen. We're now more connected than we ever have been. Effectively placing security and convenience at war. But if we're all unique, all different, why is authentication so hard? Introducing a revolutionary breakthrough in biometrics. Truly frictionless security. From the same company that pioneered deep neural networks for voice authentication, we bring you the freedom to log in anywhere without effort. Leveraging the latest in biometric research. Pindrop brings you tongue printing. That's what they said, tongue printing. You lick your phone. It's coming <laughs> to a phone near you. And it'll let you in. It'll let you in. Just lick your phone. I got a feeling a lot of people would like to lick their phone anyways. They love their phone so much. But uh, Well, one of the other ones, they you. have a, a, a chocolate cell phone cover. Chocolate, <laughs> you can be hungry and protect your phone at the so same you gotta, time. You got to go to the, if you'd never go to our site and click on the links, click on do. this one. This is a funny one. It's got a lot of great, especially April for Fools. April Fool's Day. These are products that they're not making, but they're real companies. Right. And they make, although somebody out there is like, Yeah, I want to I lick my phone right now. Let's go on to Charles in Hartford with a question. Hey, Charles, what's up? Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, I have a slight problem here. I was. Deleting my emails, and mm-hmm. and I you click on the first one, and you scroll down to the bottom, and you click on it, and that one, and it selects all. Yeah. I inadvertently, I think I hit the control key, and everything has disappeared. Wow, your life is a lot easier now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no more email, man. <laughs> you win. <laughs> uh, is this uh, an online pop type of mailbox, or is this uh, an exchange mailbox? Do you know what kind of mailbox it is? I'm not. I'm not familiar. Were you Were you browsing to get your email? Were you going to a Google browser or a Face? Were you going uh, to going f- you, Yahoo? Okay, I bet you they have a deleted folder. I bet you there is a folder on the Yahoo site within your account that'll show you all your deleted messages that you're going to now have to bring back into your other into your live your uh, inbox. Um, I would bet. So it's Yahoo. We can put a link up there as to they how might to re- call it trash. 
could be a trash, right? You could have put it in the trash. And you probably haven't emptied the trash or your deleted folder. So we should be able to put a link up there for you as to how to recover email from your Yahoo um, your Yahoo trash bin. Okay. And so all is not lost. Although, just take a second and think. Should you bother bringing it back? <laughs> uh, well, there was, was one on there two on there that I wanted to say. No, I know. I'm just kidding. We'll put a link up there for you, and uh, you'll have to follow those instructions, and you'll have to undelete or, or untrash those messages that you threw in the trash. Uh, okay. It should, be, uh, it should be apparent to you. I just don't know where it is. I don't use Yahoo. Um, have you changed your password in a while, Charles, by the way? Uh, not, not in a while. Remember, Yahoo had every single one of their mailboxes hacked as far as their passwords, so you should do it while, we're th- while you're thinking about it. Okay. Don't use something like password. Make it hard. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so very much. Right. You got it, sir. We'll put it up there for you. Give us a few minutes. We'll put a link as to how to recover, okay? Thank you so very much. You got it, Charles. All right. Have a blessed day and a happy Resurrection Sunday. Uh, you too, Charles. Great. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So he's going to get his email back. Almost apropos to what he just said. You know, resurrect his email. Let's go to uh, Ken in Windsor next. Hey, Ken. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Sure. See, uh, I've always been apprehensive about installing lots of software on my computer or on my cell phone. Smart man. And um, as a matter of fact, I had multiple computers, and each computer was, you know, specifically doing different things, and I didn't crowd up a lot of system, a lot of software on the system. Yeah, very smart. Uh, but my other computers have gotten old and I had a crash and I had to get some work done. So I installed some software on my laptop, which is the fastest computer I have. Mm -hmm. But I'm always concerned about now when I'm done with it, like, you know, I had like five years of income tax software on there. Mm -hmm. When I go to uninstall that, um, does it really clean out everything or can you, can you try out software all the time on your computer or on your cell phone for that matter? People are always downloading apps and then saying, eh, I don't like that app. Right. Uh, but does it really clean up or do you invite problems over time by installing and then, you know, uninstalling software? Gen- generally, yeah. I mean, generally, if you keep uninstalling and installing, you can affect your operating system. But that's what the computer is designed to do. Um, so it's not a major issue. However, having a bunch of software on there that you don't need or use, um, cleaning it up does make good sense as far as I'm concerned. Who knows in this day and age of apps, considering again, Facebook and what they were doing to people, when you load an app from an app store, who knows what other functions or other services it's going to try to, um, conscript, uh, on your behalf when you click accept. So nowadays, it's less and less. Um, uh, you should be less and less comfortable loading software, like in, in in Adobe. Let's say they would always stick the Ask Jeeves toolbar on your thing when you wanted to update Adobe, and so they would force that. They'd load McAfee on you. You'd have to opt out of these things. So along with loading the software you want, you could be loading a lot of other things you don't want. And uh, so being cautious does make uh, more sense these days. But the computer is designed to have software loaded all the time on it. So generally to your question, um, it shouldn't cause any issues as far as the process goes. But who knows what else they're loading? Yeah, I know, because at one time I know know that they changed some of the security or the licensing uh, 
for the software where it wrote it on your hard drive, like with the tax software, it wrote it somewhere, and then every time you boot the computer, it would have to go check somewhere on that hard drive to see if you actually had a valid license. And mm-hmm. Now I understand with Windows 10, it actually writes it into the BIOS, so even if you change hard drives or something, it still knows you know, that you were a licensed user. That I've never heard of, writing to a BIOS I've never heard of. That's usually separate from the... I don't the, know where you heard that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well... But, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to want to make sure you're a licensed user, so they put a file in a certain spot and says, oh, yeah, Ken bought this. Yeah, and then it would slow the computer down, too, even if you weren't using the software. Evidently, when you boot it, it goes and runs this check every time, you know? Sure. That could be that could be true. Yeah. It doesn't care that you haven't used it anymore. It's still doing its thing. Now, what I did before I installed this software is I set a restore point thinking that if I remove the software, I could just go back to the restore point, too. You could do that, but that seems a little drastic. Yeah, but I'll tell you, I have Windows 10, and every time I've tried to go back to a prior restore point, I was never successful, and it tells me that it's perhaps the uh, antivirus software mm-hmm. that's, that's interfering, but it's, you know, it's all Microsoft software. Well, that's mean, okay. It, Microsoft interferes with Microsoft all the time. <laughs> so turning off the antivirus to do a restore from your restore point does make uh, sense. It's common. It's a common issue. All right. If I run into it again, I'll, I'll try that and see if I'm successful. <laughs> yeah, it should work. <laughs> all right. All right, Ken. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you for calling. All right. All right. Good day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go on to uh, Steve in Cheshire next. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, so I bought a computer last year, and um, what I had, I had uh, two terabyte hard drives rated together, so I had two of them. Nice. And they've become unrated. Now I see the second hard drive in my system, and I don't know if it's mirrored anymore. Nope. Um, I never used to be able to see it. Now I do. Right. Um, and uh, something became unrated. You're unrated, yeah. Your hard drive failed or your RAID controller failed and dropped it out. Might have been in a Windows update. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> it shouldn't be done that way, but it could be that. You're not rated anymore. Um, so you can re- you can try to re-rate it if that drive is healthy, create a RAID volume again, but you have to get to, c- to the controller software to do that. Um, if it's a software RAID, it's almost useless. Uh, but if it's a hardware RAID where the controller is doing the work, it's usually better. Maybe in this case, it's a software RAID. Um, so, but you're not. If you see both drives, you're not yeah. rated, you're not rated anymore. That volume should just be one volume of one terabyte rather than two separate terabyte drives. Right. Um, the, the other thing about a rated system in a home PC, I would say it's kind of useless. If you have a good backup, that's really where you should consider your your data protected. If you think the RAID is your backup, the RAID technology is your backup, then you're going to find out the hard way it's not a good backup. Okay. Do you have a backup, so, uh, some other kind of backup? Well, I do. I have a, an old uh, Seagate that's only uh, one terabyte. My hard drives are two terabyte size. Right, so you can't so back up effectively at all. have four terabytes of, of storage space. Right. Um, and uh, Well, technically, so, you've uh, got the second drive in there now. You can copy your data to that second drive as a backup. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, right. but a RAID. So what kind of controller software? Uh, would I you say software is probably useless? But software RAID is not as good as a hardware RAID. Um, okay. If you're if you're going to use RAID, but understand that RAID really is designed to keep your system running during a failure. It's not a backup, okay. and I find a lot of people think it's a backup. 
The problem with a RAID backup is that if you write a bad file on the, on the one volume, it's going to copy that bad file to the second volume. So you effectively have no backup. Um, it's really designed in case OneDrive fails, you get to, you get to keep operating, right? right? That's the great thing. And thankfully, drive failures are not that common. So you were trying to solve for something probably that somebody didn't quite explain it to you the way they really should have. And I would recommend you spend more money on a better backup or use that second drive just to copy your data files from the one drive to the second drive and have it as a backup. Now, again, the drawback, again, being if you get hit with ransomware, both those drives are encrypted and you've got no backup. Sure. <laughs> so uh, the other idea is to get an offsite or some sort of uh, external NAS or something like that that might be disconnected from your system so that if you do get hit with something like ransomware, you're not encrypted. Right. Is that you All right. Follow? Well, I uh, appreciate it. All right, Steve. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye find that a lot in business and our business clients they think the raid is a good backup in their server it's just step one <laughs> we're gonna step out for a quick break get back to more of your calls three lines open for you on this saturday morning we'll be right back we built this city we built this city on rock and roll we built this city we built this city on rock So I saw my nephew last night in Rock of Ages in a middle school play. And now he understands what real music is, man. The 80s, right? And I heard Def Leppard wouldn't give, uh, give the rights to Rock of Ages, so there's no Def Leppard tunes. But they had some, built, they had some of that. They had some, uh, some Journey, man. Just remembering when I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> when the mullet reigned supreme. Ah, the good old days. So he did a great job down there in uh, the Apollo Kennedy Middle School. All right, let's get back to your uh, calls here. We're going to go to Russell in Enfield next. Hey, Russell, what's up? How are you this morning? Doing okay. How are you? Well, I'm a little confused. All right. I just purchased a Dell 3252. Uh, I have not yet received it. All right. Uh, I it replaced an older Dell uh, with Windows 7. All right. My, I, have, I have a couple of questions. I'm told... That word on my old machine will not transfer to my new one. Word and documents? It, it will. Word documents or word software? No, the software. Uh, so if you have the disks and keys, you can reinstall it on the new machine. If I have the disk, well, I've got to have it. I don't think I'd throw it away. Uh, supposing I don't have the disk, can they can it be taken off the off off the drive no. and put it on a like a like? No. I think I call it a thumb something. No. I need the disk. Software has to be reinstalled. It really can't be um, moved. You can move the data all day, but you have to reinstall the software. So if you have the disks and license keys, yes, your your word can be reused. As long as you don't use it again on the old one, uh, you know, you can't use it in two places. That would be piracy. No, no, no. the old machine will be gone. Yeah. So if you find the disks and the license key, you go ahead and install it on your new machine. How old, what version of word are we talking about here, Russell? Well, it, well, the original machine is probably 10 years old or more. Oh, boy. Is this Word 2007? I I really can't tell you. I don't know. When you bring up the Word on your old machine, it'll tell I, you. I can't bring it up. All I have now is the uh, is the desktop picture. I can do nothing else oh, with it. Oh, the machine's dead? Dead. All right. So the other thing is you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? So if this is Word 2007 or older, I would punt and go purchase Word 2016. You can buy Office 2016. You only have to buy it once. I know most of the folks out there would love to rent it to you forever with 365, but you don't have to do that. You can buy it once. Okay. 
Okay, and, and, and what, what's the number of it? Uh, it's Office 2016. Is this used for oh, business? Two zero one six. Yeah. That comes it comes into disc in disc form. It does. Yeah, is is you can get the home and business flavor, which is two hundred and fifty some odd dollars. Pay for oh it my, once. Oh my god, that's nothing versus renting it forever. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, but Mr. Gates has to try to catch up to Mr. Uh, Bezos. There, come on. I know, I know. I I'm in the old world. I hear you. Uh, but if I have the old disc, I can use the old disc. If you have the discs and keys, yes. And if it's two thousand, if it's Word two thousand and seven, it should install on Windows ten, right, Bob? You know what? It's not going to work. I'll tell you why. Because that all worked on uh, registering or activating it over the internet, mm -hmm. and Microsoft has taken that all down. And you can't do it by phone anymore either. So on, on two thousand and seven, because we do it with ten and and others 10, all the time. Yeah, ten. Does sometimes. Yeah, no, but we do it often. It's 2007, I haven't been able to activate it anymore All right. because they've taken it down. So, so you might I'd say you're rolling the dice. So if it's Office 2010 or newer. Is this uh, like, do you use this for business? No. You, know? you can always just use Open Office. Exactly. The free stuff. Oh. Have you ever heard of Open Office? No. We'll put a link at computertalkwithtab.com. It's basically a Linux-based office suite. Um, that's free. Free is better than 256, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Is, is, it a, is it a word processor? Yes, sir. Word processor, spreadsheet, all it, the things you'd a, want. It's a suite similar to uh, Office, uh, Microsoft, Microsoft Office, but this is free. It used to be Apache. Mm -hmm. It's changed hands quite a bit. But there, there's a couple flavors of it, and it's actually, I think it's And, and it's good. called Open Office. Yes, it is, Open yeah. Office. We'll put, a link, we'll put a link up for you. You can try that. Uh, well, you can put a link up, but I have no machine. Well, you well, when you get it, when you get the machine in, go ahead and do your antivirus, do your open DNS, and then go right over to Computer Talk with Tab, and you'll find today's show. Whenever you know, go back in the archive links, and there'll be a link there for Open Office. Okay, use uh, use use today's three thirty one. Yep. Okay, two other simple questions. All right, Does the machine come with a virus in it? Or have to buy, or have to get a virus, or download them. Well, hopefully you don't have a virus in it, but a virus scanner, yes, it'll have, um, it'll have a Defender in it, Windows Defender, and it's free. You don't okay. need to buy it. Okay. Final question. Yeah. Are all the other files transferable, like, uh, like that, like my documents? Yes. All your data files, you should be able to transfer, copy and paste into your new computer. Okay. Not a problem. The only hooker is is, is uh, Word, and I can do that with Open Office. I'm not sure if Open Office will open Word. That I don't know. If no, it's a I regular document open file? To do word process. Yes, you can, sir. If okay. it's a document file or, or a DO document, you know, Excel, you yeah. know, extended. Yeah, it'll, it'll work. It'll open all the regular stuff. XML, that's what I meant. Gotcha. It, it'll open all the standard office formats. Awesome. Okay, and all, all I need to do is reference today's broadcast. That's all you need. Or you can call us on the day you get your computer. <laughs> yeah, well, coming in sometime next week. All right. All right, Russ. Okay, thanks very much. You're Stay welcome, home. sir. All right, our pleasure. Thanks. We'll be right back after this news break. Stick around. Danny, David, and Jeff, hang on. One line open for you. Should have been gone. Knowing how I made you feel. And I should have been gone. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're going to be here until uh, 11 o'clock. And the lines are all jammed up like I promised. Um, that 9 o'clock hour, guys, is a good time. I know you're all sleeping or something. 
But we're, we got, we dragged our butts out of bed and got in here for you. <laughs> so, uh, you guys could – any time in the morning at 9 o'clock is usually a good spot. Of course, everything also is podcasted. Yes, podcasting, something that didn't happen when I was a kid and Rock of Ages was going was being becoming a thing, right, back in the, the 80s. Podcasting is pretty popular. So our show is available via podcast. If we don't answer questions similar to yours – then you need to get up earlier right. when nobody's calling. <laughs> exactly. So let's go. Let's go to your calls. It's going to go to Danny in Glastonbury. Hey, Danny, how you been? Oh, good. What's up? Um, I've got a question for you. All um, right. My Gmail account. Mm-hmm. Uh, some time ago, one morning I went to send an email and I typed the first letter N, and normally an address would pop up that I send mail to. Yeah, like a cached. Yeah. Address book. Yeah, you know, I have a little directory of different ends and stuff. And Autofill. An end came up, but instead of being uh, at Verizon.net, it came up at Cox.net. All right. And then I had a lot of other names and email addresses that were gone hmm. and don't appear anymore. And when I correct it and type the proper email in, at, like at Verizon.net, it mm-hmm. doesn't hold it. So when I go to send another email to that same person and type the letter N, it's not there in the in the group of email addresses to select from. Hmm. And I also noticed that in my um, Gmail um, uh, spam file, I have no spam. And on my tablet, I've got that Samsung Gmail, mm-hmm. and there's no spam in that. And I always had you know, hundreds plus of, 99 plus of spams, and there's no spam. You're complaining about not getting spam. Well, it's not that I'm complaining about not getting it. I'm just surprised that there is no spam suddenly from Russians and Ukrainians. And, <laughs> Google you know. could be improving their spam settings, but you can, you got to turn on your auto your autofill. Uh, so there's supposedly somewhere in the settings and then under advanced, there's an autofill um, setting that you can turn on. Why it turned off, I have no idea. It could have been an update that brought it back to a default status. Well, you know, I did remember there was an update. I saw the little notice that Gmail got updated, and I think this happened after that update. Yeah, so it's under Menu, Settings, Advanced, or Show Advanced, and then you're going to go into uh, Passwords and Forms, Autofill Settings, Yeah. and you want to enable the autofill. Okay. Uh, that should solve that issue, and don't complain about not having spam. No, I'm not complaining. Or you're going to just thought that that might be a way to analyze the problem. No, no, I appreciate cameras. that. Now the internet gods are going to punish you now. Yeah, you're about I, you to know, get hit. I, I went with... to Florida and saw the uh, SpaceX heavy launch. Oh, did you? Nice. And that was amazing. I heard it uh, ripped a hole in some sort of stratosphere for some. No, that was the one from Vandenberg. Oh, okay. Because they shot that straight up because it had a real light payload yeah. instead of arcing on an angle. Yeah, they just shot it right through a, one of our one of our spheres and caused a big hole. Yeah, the, it opened up a hole in the ionosphere. Yeah, that's where it was. Hey, uh, that 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 Fitbit thing with the hundred million, yeah. hundred fifty million. I don't think they had 150 people wearing those. That number can't be right. <laughs> I said every other person in America has got a Fitbit, and they don't. Well, this isn't the Fitbit. This is the uh, I mean, uh, Under Armour, the My Fitness Pal app. This is an app. Oh, it was an app. Yeah, it's to help you lose weight. The app, I don't know what it says. It says put that fork down, I guess. Oh, okay. In my case, that's what it would have to say. Put the fork down, Eric. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was what happened, 150 oh, million. Oh, okay. I thought that was – it got hacked through a device. No, no. Oh. No. 
Um, and hey, is it seven point two gigabytes of Wi-Fi use in a month a lot? Gigabytes? Yeah, gigabytes. No, that's that's not that's nothing. Oh, okay. You're good. You're not. You're you're pretty much not doing anything on the internet. Okay, SpaceX <laughs> launches in the next sixteen days. Awesome. All right. Okay, guys. Thanks, Danny. Have a nice Easter. Bye. Yep. You too. SpaceX is going to be busy. Yeah, well, they're putting the. They just got FCC approval to provide satellite broadband. Uh, so they're going to chuck how many satellites up in the air? So Elon Musk plans to deploy four thousand four hundred twenty-five small satellites in low Earth orbit to provide internet service in remote areas. So when you're flying your drone, it could bump into a SpaceX satellite. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, no uh, government uh, oversight on this one. Mm. Yeah. Or you we'll know, see what happens. Spying, whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of satellites. <laughs> You're gonna see people are taking they really up. for uh, yeah. broadband. People are gonna use their uh, what is it? Their skeet shooting uh, skills on the satellites. <laughs> Let's go to. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that low. Orbit. No, I don't know. <laughs> what do that I know? would be a drone. <laughs> oh, sorry. Who knows? Let's go to Jeff in North Can uh, Canton next. Hey, Jeff. Hey, what's going on? Not too much. So I recently purchased this little uh, digital microscope connected via USB cable to your computer laptop. Mm-hmm. I'm working. I'm working on an HP Elite book. Okay. And every time I snap a photo, it puts the photo on the desktop. It creates an icon on the desktop. Yep. With the uh, file, you know, number. Yep. Um, how do I get that to go into a designated file of my choice? You'd have to go into the software that controls that microscope. You probably have it set to a default of desktop, and you have to choose it within that software. Whatever whatever your tool you're using, that software itself, which you must be in, right? Do you have software yeah. that? Yeah. There's yeah, got to be settings. The software, you know, allows the scope to appear. Yep, yep. And I, I found some settings where you can flip between the scope or the built-in webcam. Yep. But I haven't found any settings as to where to save files to. They they should be in there. Otherwise, they're just kind of being, making a mess of your desktop. Uh, there should be a setting in there. Without knowing more about the software to help you look for it, uh, we wouldn't know what else to tell you, but there should be a setting in there somewhere that says save files to this designated directory and you would choose it. But they they just lazily slapped it to your desktop because they figured if they didn't, you would never know where your files went. So they're going to slap them to your desktop. Oh, there's my microscopic picture. But you're a scientist, for crying out loud. They should have given you a little more credit. Yeah, all 37 of them clogging up the desktop. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Uh, so okay. it's got, there's got to be a setting in there, Jeff. I promise you there is, or they didn't give you any credit, and they figured you guys wouldn't be able to find them after you took the snapshot. Okay. Well, I, I also want you to know I was up at 9 o'clock this morning. Oh, you were? All right. You should have called in then. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how to move the files to a file of my choice. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> if you give us more information, like what the software is, uh, you can email us that information at get help. At tabinc.com, we'll try to we'll try to uh, find it for you. Very well. All right, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Happy Easter to both of you. You too. Thank thanks. You, you too. All right. Yeah. Some some software is just lazy. You know, they don't really care about the user. They're like, ah, we'll just stick it right there for them. You know, we can't. And then they make you take your file off your desktop after you look at it, and then you have to file it wherever you want to put it. But I would think there's got to be a setting, right? Come on, there's got to be a setting. 
All right, we'll step out for a quick break. Uh, three lines open for you. Uh, sorry, one line open for you. Marty, David, and Ed, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. back this is computer talk with tab we're here till uh, 11 o'clock i'm eric and i'm bob and dr alessi should be in soon with healthy rounds he'll give you a second opinion on your health advice i think you get a whole saturday afternoon of talk and then the red Sox are uh taking on the rays at 525 so stick around for that nice to see opening day um starting up somewhere it's warm let's go on to uh ed and Brantford next hey ed good morning morning sir I'm using um, Yahoo for email mm-hmm. and and Mozilla and uh, Mozilla Corn Oil or Mozilla Firefox. Mozilla Firefox. <laughs> right. And I um, I'd like you to post yeah. how to take and uh, clear out the cache in Mozilla and also uh, Google. And for some reason uh, lately, I notice that when I take and uh, go. Uh, pull up my uh, email and so forth. It appears that Google is the one that is providing the uh, information. The ads? Is that and, what you mean? Uh, and I also uh, read, I think, somewhere in the past that Google was going to be purchased by Verizon. So I doubt that. So, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. So maybe you can clear up some of the background for me. So why do you want to clear your cash? Well, I just got reams of it and so forth. Uh, you know, it's been going on for about three years now. So, you know, they got tons of information that keeps floating to the surface. So, yeah, I'm just trying to understand. So there's there's many types of caches. So clearing a, a Gmail cache or a Google cache, uh, they, basically that's going to have to do with your browser. However, Google still knows Ed from Brantford. Uh, they already know because the data is already on their servers everywhere you searched, everywhere you've gone. Um, we can give you ways of clearing, supposedly clearing that information. Good luck, though, if you believe they're really going to take it off because there's really no law saying they can't, and you already said you would allow them to have that information. Um, so it's one of those catch-22s that might be corrected finally with legislation, um, but clearing your Google cache or, or your, is just going to help your browser work a little faster. Clearing your Yahoo would be just deleting your email, but they've got it somewhere too, you know. They still got it backed up somewhere. So, you know, if they ever need to look at what emails Ed from Brantford said, I bet you they could send. They bet you they could easily do that if they want to, even though you deleted your mail. Um, oh. So, so uh, it's one of those things that's kind of creepy and at the same time, but we'll put some links as to how to clear your cache. I, I assume you're trying to do it so that you feel a little more uh, or less followed, right? Well, I, I thought it probably would take and uh, allow things to move along a little bit faster. That's okay. Bog the machine, bog machine down. It'll, it's the browser. Okay, so we'll look at your browser cache. Um, and you're using yeah. Mozilla Firefox as your browser, so we'll put a link there to how to clear your Mozilla Firefox cache. Yeah, that can improve your performance a little bit, but with the new Mozilla Firefox being so fast, you know, it's, it sh- you should already notice it's it's a much better browser. So. Okay, good. All right, Ed? All right. Hey, happy Easter, guys. You too. Thanks very much. All right, our pleasure. Uh, I wasn't sure where Ed was going, but he just simply wants to clear his cache, but... Clearing your actual cash, the, the stuff they all know about you, hmm, that's going to be a little harder to do. 
Let's go to David in Glastonbury. Hey, David. David, you there? Hey, David, you there? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. One second. Let me get you off speakerphone. All right. My question is, my, now I'm here. My okay. question is about uh, Epson printer. Yeah. Uh, I bought it, uh, you know, a couple months ago. All right. Um, it, they hooked right up, okay, to the internet, to the uh, my Wi-Fi, and worked fine using my cell phone or my tablet or something. Yeah. And they just stopped working. And it said I have to re-enter my password. Well, it's the same password I've had before. I didn't change the password. And it, it, when I put the password in correctly, it, it doesn't link up to my uh, Wi-Fi. And sometimes it tries to link even before I'm finished typing the password in. So you're, this is on your printer itself. It's losing connectivity yeah. with the Wi-Fi. It, yes. What is your SSID? What is your Wi? Your Wi-Fi? I, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. Well, that's that's the part, the what, first thing. What is SSID? SSID is the the identification code for the Wi-Fi that it's being broadcast in your area. So if your Wi-Fi SSID is Linksys and your neighbor's SSID is Linksys and their neighbor's SSID is Linksys, your 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 printer doesn't know where to. It's connecting to Linksys. But not yours. All right. Well, I have. Um, I actually have a Linksys. I, <laughs> I know. Would like to have it. <clears throat> well, I knew that. If you look on my cell phone, though, and for network and all that, the only network that shows up is is my uh, my. I don't know what they call it. Something one one, and then there's a five G something. Uh, that the one one that that's what I'm getting at. What what is that? That's that's the, your your basically that's your SSID, which is service identifier, right? Which is your wireless. That's what you can see that you connect to. What, what I'm thinking is happening is your printer is trying to connect is connecting to somebody else's open Wi-Fi faster than it's connecting to the one you want it to. No, they, um, it, that's not the. I understand how that could happen, but that's not the fact. It's it is mine because I recognize all the. Like I have an HP printer on it, and it shows that shows that Wi-Fi. And when I use my uh, Wi-Fi at home with my cell phone or my tablet, it shows that Wi-Fi. So right. It's the correct Wi-Fi, you're, and it worked before. I mean, well, I trust me, I've I've heard that before. Um, it's all of a sudden it stops working. <laughs> um, if you look at that configuration on the Epson printer, the Wi-Fi settings, um, there's something that changed on you. Either, you. either you're going to the wrong Wi-Fi or you're mistyping the password, but I believe you, you know your own password. Um, yeah, see, so it's not, that's the question. That's why I'm calling it. Yeah. The, um, it, it is the right Wi-Fi. All right. And it is the right password. All right. There's something with it. Like, why would it try to connect before I did the last digit in my password? It does that sometimes, and sometimes it lets me put the whole password in, and it says it's different. Yeah, that is odd. Wrong. It's weird that the printer would be anxious to do anything. Maybe you need to default your printer and start over. Yeah. You could start from the beginning, pretend you took it out of the box, and uh, just default it, Bob's saying. How do you default it? Well, there should be instructions with your uh, with the printer. With the print printer. And if you don't have instructions, you can go ahead and do a search on the actual printer make and model and go to Epson's site, and they'll have a PDF uh, with okay. instructions. Yeah, because it went with the box. Yeah. I, I'm like this optimist that thinks, well, you know, I don't need this box. It's going to run until yeah. no, it ain't. <laughs> no, no. Come on, Dave. Not in the year 2018. Heck, nothing works anymore the way it used to. Um, yeah, it is, it, it is what it is for sure. Yeah. Um, 
How about? So I got to restart. I'm sorry. Well, how about connecting it hardwired? Can you do that? That'll always work. Is there a data? Um, no, it's it, it's actually in the closet in my family room, so it's out of the way. Okay. So, so know, yeah, default I, it, start I over. Do, I can't can't do wires. That's caveman stuff. <laughs> but they work. <laughs> wires always yeah, I know, work. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so. internet, yeah, but you can't hook it up to uh, you can't use a wire because on a cell phone. You know? So yeah, I hear you. But yes, you can you can configure both. Um, you can have your wire connected, and then you can still have the wireless functionality. So if you want to print wirelessly through your cell phone, you can have both. You can have both things. You can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, well, I'll look up the PDF and see. What yeah, default it. Try over again, and be sure you're connecting to your SSID. That's the only thing I think it's not doing. That's just me, but I believe you that you're seeing something. But I think it's not connecting to yours. I think it's trying to connect to your neighbors. All right, it's um that. It's not, but all right. It could know, be cheating it, it on you. For, that's right. It worked fine for a couple of months, and then it just stopped. And right. my neighbors haven't moved, so <laughs> I'll ask them if I'll ask them if they see my network. Wouldn't it be they, funny if his uh, his Wi-Fi is the same as yours, same SSID? They, it's not possible, is it? Yeah, I gave you the example of Linksys, Linksys, Linksys. Who knows what you guys did? Uh, who knows? I've seen it all the time. People connect to the wrong. They, their their devices connected to their neighbor's stuff. That's why they can't see it. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and, it, and that's why it goes so slow. Well, it could go slow, but it's just going to connect because the neighbor hasn't password protected it either. It'll just connect over there. So, yeah, so check it out, David. Default it and see if that solves it for you. Start over. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a nice weekend. You too, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, wireless is a big pain sometimes. All right, I have enough time to take one more call, Mike. All right, we're going to try to squeeze one in here. We've got, oh, boy, Marty's problem. Seems like it's more than a minute or two. Hey, Marty, what's up? Hey, great show. Thanks. Great show. Uh you know how you have the, uh, was it the SSID? Yeah. Which is the password on your router? Well, no, it's just the name of the Wi-Fi network. Okay, so if you got a, okay, I understand. So if you got Cox or Frontier, whatever, they each got, they each got one. Right. But but if you got, if the number is out there to the public, well, is, should I change the router? If the, the numbers aren't going to be out in the public. The SSID may broadcast so that you can see the network. Right. But right. the password is something either you can change or it's set by your provider. Right. If you're using, let's say, uh, Comcast, if you look on the bottom of your uh, router, the numbers are there. The, yeah, the uh, yeah, the the uh, passphrase is going to be there just for you. But right. What, so you know you need that number. Yeah. To put it in, uh, that is called the what do you call that serial number? That's your that's your SSID password. Right, that's on the back of the router. Yes. They all have that, all the networks. Correct. So look, my friend put that out there. It's out in the public. Is that, that's, that's bad. Gonna, will that hurt my uh, my house system, my Jeopardy? Yeah, you get, so, you get somebody like out in the front driveway there surfing on your network, Marty. Uh, that wouldn't be good. Why did he do that to you? Spiteful. Uh, a mistake, a mistake. Ah, uh, all right. Young kid fooling around, I, you know. Hey, Marty, we got to go, but that's not good. You want to change that. We got to go, though, okay, sir? Okay. Thanks for calling. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this uh, Saturday morning. Thanks to Mike, Mike for producing. See you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.